Welcome back to the Florida History Podcast. I'm Carter Krishnar. Robert Bucciolato will be back with us next week. And this week we're going to conclude our four-part series on the quest for freedom, the first Underground Railroad, the quest for freedom in Florida. By virtue of the Treaty of Paris, Florida, both West Florida and East Florida, to the Spanish. Now, the colony had little economic value to the Spanish, and they began allowing American settlers, uh, encouraging American settlers to move in to the territory. But at the same time, because it was pretty lawless, and Spain was not in the same sort of financial position or economic position they had been in uh, prior to 1763, Florida's economy, as we talked about, collapsed during Queen Anne's War from 1702 to 1713, as we talked about on a previous podcast on episode one of this series. However, the Spanish, until 1763, continued to encourage runaway slaves, wanted to continue to protect the colony, wanted to destabilize the British colonies to the north. As we talked about during the American Revolution in part three, the British were encouraging runaway slaves to come to Florida after the American Revolution started, even though that became very confusing because they had many... uh, African-American slaves of their own on plantations. They developed a plantation economy in Florida, but we're also encouraging those slaves that whose masters were part of the rebellion in, in the colonies to the north to come and escape to some freedom in Florida, arm them, uh, and, and in fact sent them into Georgia uh, to invade, etc., as we talked about. The Spanish, after returning to St. Augustine in 1784 and uh, Pensacola 1781, we talked about that on a previous show, the capture of Pensacola in 1781, were more interested in cultivating good relations with the new United States of America. So that meant they no longer wanted to encourage runaway slaves. However, Spain's own position was very tenuous. They had become a second-rate power in Europe. They were uh, drawn into the Napoleonic Wars. And again, as a second-rate power, their empire was crumbling in the New World. So a state of anarchy overtook Florida, and in that came many runaway slaves. In fact, some intrigue was set up by the British during this period. They were uh, very committed to keeping the new United States weak uh, if they could. If you know American history, the first couple decades of American history, you do know that the Federalists and the uh, Republicans, which later became the Democrats, were were, were split on the issue of uh, European allegiances and, and England versus Britain versus France. But in fact, you had... William Augustus Bowles, who was a British, uh, who was at once a British uh, officer, loyalist in the American Revolution, he was from Maryland, uh, coming to Florida and encouraging American, uh, to the, the Seminole, uh, the Seminoles, the, the uh, Native Americans, and runaway slaves to effectively form their own uh, entity. And so, um, even though there had been a treaty, Pinckney's Treaty, between Spain and, and, and the United States in 1796, 
Bowles encouraged the Native Americans and the runaway slaves to ignore this and uh, proclaimed the state of Muscogee as an independent nation. The capital being um, the Mikusuki, um, the town of Mikusuki, which is now, of course, in, in Leon County. Um, that area right across the border from what was the United States and the U.S. state of Georgia. Um, the uh, Several bands of the Muscogee Native Americans and uh, the Seminoles and the Mikusukis uh, uh, supported Bowles. Eventually, and Bowles had tacit British support for this, and, and he was effectively had been a loyalist. Um, so, what he ended up doing, in fact, I think at one point the capital was actually kind of um, yeah, in what is closer now to Tallahassee, really kind of where Tallahassee is, and then eventually Mikusuki. What ends up happening is um, the. Uh, um, the, the war between Britain and Spain ends in Europe. That's connected to the wars of the French Revolution. And the British kind of force Bowles to uh, back down, uh, which he didn't do, but he no longer had even tacit British support by 1803. And eventually, um, the state of Muscogee collapses. But it was a good four years or so, or more, about 1799 to about 1804, 1805, where Bowles is running this, uh, helping to run this Native American, effectively sovereign um, nation in, in what is now the Tallahassee area, which is encouraging runaway slaves. And uh, you are getting more and more runaway slaves into Florida in this period. The Spanish authorities have no control. There is effectively anarchy over the interior of, of, of Florida, right? The only place where there is actual Spanish control is in St. Augustine and in Pensacola. And then also to a certain extent, uh, the area around Fernandina Beach, of Amelia Island, by the, the international border at the time between... Florida and Georgia was an international border. There was some Spanish control there, although if you go back and listen to our previous podcast on the Patriot War of 1812, the Spanish lost control of that at that point uh, to a band of American patriots. So there were settlers from the southern United States coming in to Spanish Florida at the time, creating a little bit of a plantation economy and bringing slaves with them. At the same time, as you have runaway slaves, uh, encouraged by the, the likes of Bulls and others, coming over and, uh, and making a go of it with Native American peoples. Also in the early 1800s, you had what we started to call the Black Seminoles. Probably about a thousand runaway slaves who had contacts with the Seminole Native Americans did various jobs for them, were uh, at, at places like Negro Fort, uh, which we've talked about in a previous episode, uh, Angola, which was on the Manatee River, um, modern-day Manatee County, Bradenton area. And the Black Seminoles uh, had, um, again, tacit support of the British. This is destabilizing the United States. This is uh, undermining the, uh, the, the Americans who, of course, in 1812 began to fight a war against the British. In fact, there were British, um, British officials or, or, or British uh, ex-military, however you want to describe it, that were um, actively in, uh, encouraging this, this, uh, these runaways and 
um, in Florida, kind of autonomously working with the Seminole people. And were involved in the first Seminole War, which Andrew Jackson, uh, when he invaded Florida, uh, violated the sovereignty, Spanish sovereignty over Florida. The Americans under Jackson uh, invaded, even though this was something that was very controversial in Washington. Uh, Believe it or not, John C. Calhoun, who was the great champion of slavery, would emerge as the greatest champion of slavery. And the Southern Way was very opposed to, to uh, uh, Jackson's adventurism in Florida. Uh, and John Quincy Adams, who would emerge as one of the greatest opponents of slavery, um, was actually, as the Secretary, Secretary of State was actually encouraging Andrew Jackson. That's a, that's a historical irony. But uh, so Jackson comes in effectively chasing runaway slaves and looking to recapture them, kill them, destroy Native American settlements. And that's what happened in the First Seminole War, um, as, uh, a, 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 as we've talked about in a previous episode. Now, what ended up happening with a lot of the runaway slaves is they made their way to Cape Florida, uh, Key Biscayne, Cape Florida, uh, where uh, Bill Bag State Park is now. And by the way, future podcast episode coming on Bill Baggs, the former, uh, the late editor of the Miami News, one of the great newsmen in the history of this state, courageous newsmen in the history of this state, but um, made their way to Cape Florida. And as uh, Florida fell to the Americans and became part of a U.S. territory in 1821, many of these um, these runaway slaves made their way to the Bahamas, which was a British territory um, in the 1820s, remained a British territory until the 1970s, uh, keep in mind, and where slavery would soon be outlawed. The British Empire outlawed slavery uh, in the 1830s, and in fact, uh, Fed- Frederick Douglass and other abolitionists in the United States uh, uh, were, were greatly admired in, in the, uh, Great Britain and in fact uh, raised money for the abolitionist cause in the U.S. and Great Britain. So the great irony was that even though the Spanish had encouraged runaway slaves and had utilized African Americans in their service to the crown if they converted to Catholicism and they armed them and they defended St. Augustine and they defeated, helped defeat the, the English and the British, the English in, in, uh, as they were before 1707, the siege of St. Augustine in 1702, and then obviously 1740 as we've talked about uh, with Fort Mose and the Castillo, the Spanish eventually become very complicit again with the Americans. In fact, the Spanish were probably worse in terms of the slave trade by this time uh, than the British or the Americans. But runaway slaves continued to come to Spanish Florida because there was a state of anarchy, and they were, quite frankly, being encouraged by the British. And I should mention the War of 1812, Spain was aligned with Britain. So because Spain was aligned with Britain and Britain was actively encouraging runaway slaves and, as I said, had British officials in Florida working with the Seminole people opposing the Americans, that uh, at that point you could you could argue maybe the Spanish did did approve um, some of these activities. But they, uh, they helped American uh, uh, slaveholders try and hunt down their slaves after recapture, after um, reassuming control of Florida in 1784, something they never did in the period up to 1763. Uh, in fact, they would harm the African Americans against the slaveholders to the north. So uh, that is a change in Spanish policy 
but that didn't stop the Underground Railroad from still happening because the Spanish had no control. And in fact, between 1810 and 1821, their empire in Latin America collapses, uh, as we know. And uh, 1821, they give up Florida. Florida becomes a southern uh, southern, col- uh, southern territory and eventually a southern state, slave state of the United States, and becomes a, um, a bastion for racism and, and uh, anti-Catholicism. Uh, anti-Semitism, all of those things. So, uh, ironically enough, the Florida we're talking about in this series, or we've talked about in this series, the uh, more enlightened Florida, relatively speaking, to the colonies to the north, uh, became a very dark place for um, for minorities, for African Americans, for Catholics, for uh, people who were not um of kind of your 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 mainstream southern plantation owner stock after 1821. So once again, thank you for listening to the Florida History Podcast. We will be back next week. Robert Pucciolato will be back with me next week as we delve into another interesting topic in Florida history. Thanks for listening.